Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Hello and welcome to Myths Podcast, episode 102. I'm Matt Hoss and my co-host is... Also Dan Rhodes. Also Dan Rhodes. And Dan, it feels like you're 200 miles away from me today. I am, Matt. <laughs> you, you sound very factual. Uh, uh, you don't have that usual warmth to you. Well, it's just raining. I don't know about you. Well, I'm assuming it's raining where you are because you're in the north, but um, it's raining here. <laughs> um, so we, we, uh, this is our first episode where we're not together, apart from the ones that I did, did in Edinburgh without him. But like, uh, yeah, Dan, we're not together. We're doing this over Zoom. Uh, why is that? Because of COVID-19. Oh, is that why? Shit. That makes yeah, way I mean, more sense. I thought we just... I always wanted an... <laughs> I've always wanted an excuse to social distance from you, and it seems like finally I've gone. <laughs> yeah, like you've been pushing this agenda for years as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it took someone in China to eat a bat for my goals to finally be realised. Dan, I, we've got to ask a critical question here. Did you eat a bat so you didn't have to see me? Yes. <laughs> it makes sense, finally. We, we got to the crux of it. Right, but I, I've been thinking about this, and. This, we are recording about a month into the lockdown and it's been pretty intense. We'll, we'll, we'll have a catch up about how it's been going with both of us. But Dan, I'm not sure if, if this is a good thought, but I've been thinking about how awkward the, the person who ate that bat must be. Because like, they probably did it for a dare. Like, all right, David, yeah, we'll just eat a bat. Oh, that'd be crazy. Like, Ozzy Osbourne. Ah, yeah. And then like, then you have a global pandemic as a one drunken mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would feel pretty bad if you knew that you were the reason why this all happened. Although I don't think they did it as a dare. I think they were just genuinely eating illegal kind of, you know, wildlife. Oh, that makes me sadder. But I think in my head, it feels a bit more like a, a rom-com kind of thing. Like a, or like like a, 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 a cheesy movie. Like, yeah, you're advertising why actually happened, which is a guy or girl <laughs> went to a illegal wet market in Wuhan and brought lots of weird and animals that they shouldn't really have been eating, I guess. And um, yeah, one of those animals was a bat. Well, and, and now we're here. And, uh, and we, for the first couple of weeks, we thought we couldn't do mess, but we're, we've, we're trying this this um, way out to see if we can do um, a couple of online episodes just um, to keep it ticking over and give you guys some more entertainment whilst uh, in lockdown. And hopefully you'll appreciate it. And hopefully you'll like some more Norse myths. Uh, and I mean, Dan, have you been doing them? Do you know what I've just realised as well, which is quite cool? What? I was watching a few things recently on TV. Like, I actually, uh, I caught the tail end of Martin Lewis's Money Show the other day. And they, um, <laughs> he was doing it, like, via conference call, basically, from his, from his house. Um, and I've seen lots yes. of other celebrities. Like, I know Russell Howard's doing a show off of, like, yeah, basically using Zoom. Um, and, like, if I watched that Tiger King, like, the last episode, I tried to watch that stupid extra episode they did, and that was filmed on, like, people's iPhones. So, actually, yeah. our production value is now the same as these major <laughs> shows. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we, we have finally made it into the bigger leagues now. It's, yeah, exactly. All... Thanks to coronavirus, our tech is also the same as everyone else's tech. 
<laughs> but just because it's missed, we, we aim to just make it that little extra shiver as well. So we will have a lot of mistakes in here just to kind of keep that. We don't want to get, you know, hoity-toity with you. So we want to keep a, a ridge, you know, OG. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just for listeners to know, if it starts to lag, it's probably not actually lagging. It's just me and Matt are idiots. <laughs> and we are very bad at communicating with each other. Yeah, and I'm probably just trying to pronounce a word. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, how have you been dealing with the lockdown? Are you enjoying it? Is it uh, irritating? Tell me, what, you, what have you been doing in the lockdown? It's not been too bad, actually, I have to admit. Um, so, it's just me. Uh, there's three of us that live here, as you know. Um, but, um, yeah, my housemate Liam isn't in. So, it's just um, me and my housemate Brad, which is nice, because it means that we've got slightly more space. You know, the place feels bigger when there's less of you. Um, which has been nice. Um, I actually used my mm-hmm. housemate Liam's room as an office, so that's been very nice because I don't really have a desk per se in my room, so it's been handy to have because I need lots of things, yes, paper and stuff laid out for my job. So I'm like, it's nice to have that. Uh, but lockdown's been okay. The days have actually been going by very quickly. And my, I've been impressed. I know my colleagues have also. I was expecting it to be really boring because I'm used to having other people in the office that I can chat to and help the day go by. Um, and actually, I haven't got that, but my days are going quickly, and uh, mm-hmm. I have actually been feeling quite productive, because in the, in the same ilk, there's nothing to distract you. But I think, like, you know what? I think you're kind of, like, you are pretty good when you get your mind to it, if you know what I mean. You're very much like, uh, like there, there is no one to distract me. I will do my work efficiently. No traveling to work. I will be, I think you're very, like, you... I'm a very distracted person. I'm very much like, oh my God, look at that cool thing. And then I won't, I won't do any work for eight hours. But then like you were very much like built for work for home. You're like, you're like, um, you're like the like story Pinocchio, but Ikea furniture come to life. That's essentially what you are. Is that you're trying to I don't know. Again, aren't you? <laughs> right. We did a off the air phone call the other day because we do talk to each other. And you said that one of my analogies was really good. Yeah, I can't remember what it was though, but it was whatever one it was you gave me a few days ago on the phone was very good. Yeah, but that wasn't the one I just did, but not so much. Not so much, no. <laughs> uh, but no, working from home is not bad because I just like I've got my workspace, like that's oh, I miss my housemate's bedroom, but like that's it. I've got my work stuff in there. It's like become my office, you know. So I know that when I'm in there, I'm not going to be getting distracted by TV or like you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to be good and going on my phone just as much as I would do if I was at work. Do you know what I mean? Like just to kind of break it up. But I'm not, I know some people are, you know, it's very easy when you're working from home to just, I'll just uh, do this quickly or I'll just, um, yeah. And I'm trying to like, get. I'm trying to go about my normal routine. I think that's very important when you work from home, you've got to like wake up, shower, eat breakfast, do what you would do normally. Um, obviously you get a bit more of a lion when your commute is only 10 foot down the corridor rather than... Oh, God, I'm going to be late again. Yeah, exactly. Although I was talking to one of my colleagues. Her boyfriend apparently has been late to so many of his meetings because he's so oh naive for the fact that he's like, oh, I like start at nine. I'll like, you know, he just, but then he gets there and then he forgets, oh, shit, I've actually got to turn on my computer and I've got to do this and I've got to get changed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but I think uh... it's important to get into a routine, right? Because then you're kind of ready for work. You're like, oh, I'm in work mode now. And whereas I think you, if you like... But get lazy and you you know start doing it in your pajamas or just sitting in your bed then you might i don't know I, for me that that starts to get distracting then because it's it's blurred between i'm working or i'm just chilling out yeah and like i think that's really important because because uh, i am an artist uh, which i mean very unemployed currently i i think the 
I learned as a writer, if you're working from home, that self-motivation, like, because you have a motivation because you have a job to do, and you, but when you're creating stuff, you have to really force yourself to do it. And I think the best way is that, like, have a shower in, shower in the morning or having your routines in the morning and, uh, like, get changed and get ready for, like, work in a different room. I think that helps you so much. Like, if you have to, having those same deadlines allows me to get ready and stuff like that, which is really important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the rest of it, like lockdown, so I've been watching a lot of TV. I have been reading more. I don't normally read, but I have been kind of reading more. I have been trying to get out and about, go for walks or runs. Um, it's been all right. Well, we should probably get crack on relatively soon. But uh, we, our last two episodes were our 100th and 101st specials, and they were really special, weren't they, Dan? They were. It was good fun, though, wasn't it, man? We had a good time. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much if you came to watch us and uh, and I said watch intensely there. Uh, it was really it was such a good fun night, and uh, we really appreciate all the support and the emails. And we also uh, we got an email from someone who turned up, and uh, uh, I just uh, we got uh, we got a few emails, but I just want to read this one in particular because uh, um, it was very sweet. And uh, so uh, after the gig, the person turned up by himself. They just uh, they made a solo trip and travelled quite a long way to see us, and, and that's it. Like, and bear in mind, we're just two random dudes just talking into a microphone. Like, we, we don't really have uh, that many fans. So to have someone do that was really, really sweet. And uh, uh, here's the email, Dan. Um, Hi. This is from Luke, by the way. Hi. I spoke to Matt after, but I just wanted to email you guys before I forgot. Just wanted to say, uh, say a massive thanks. I'm on a little solo trip in York for a few days. And honestly, that is the best thing I've done here. You guys are so funny. 10 out of 10. Keep up the good work, I guess. <laughs> slightly <laughs> passive aggressive at the end. Keep up the good work, I guess. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, Luke. That was oh, nice. that's nice. I never got to speak to. Yeah. I, I think I vaguely know who that was. Actually, I know you were having a long chat with someone. It must have been him. Yes. Uh, and yeah. Thank you so much, Luke. That really means a lot to us as well. And um, uh, we also got an email of Bobby, uh, who. Um, if you listen to 100, uh, episode 100, she's the one that gives me the Weetabix, which I dismiss very quickly because no one in that room like, knew the reference to Weetabix either. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of awkward. The, the fact that no one knew any of our, our previous jokes, but maybe that was a good thing. But uh, So she writes before the show, hello, gentlemen, I'm a new viewer of your missed podcast. So far, it's been good. This may have been discussed already, as I'm only up to episode eight, but as a former Australian, I can say there is nothing at all weird about the amount of Weetabix Dan is eating. That's good to know. See, I never thought there was anything wrong with me. Yeah, well, her saying that makes me worry that other people think it's weird. Oh, people people have been saying that, right? That's a a lot of... um, uh, I, I just, I, well, I just we'll ignore the haters. Like, if you think... <laughs> uh, she goes on. In fact, in Australia, brackets, where Weetabix are called Weetabix, um, and brackets, eating large numbers of Weetabix uh, is a national pastime, um, as evidenced by ads like these. And she has a, she sent us a link where lots of, uh, I think, Australian rugby team are like uh, eating like, Weetabix, and they ask them how many they eat. He goes, uh, I'm having six, might. And he goes, oh, I'm having eight. And the other one's like, well, I'm having 24. <laughs> I'm Australian. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't actually mind uh, Wheat Bix when I had it when I was in Australia and New Zealand. It's actually uh, it's pretty, pretty similar to uh, the, 
sour in one. Dan, what do you prefer, Wheat Bix or the Morrison's brand version of Wheat Bix I got you for the Christmas special? In Definitely uh, the Australian Wheat Bix because it actually tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, Bobby says, how many do you do, brackets H-M-D-Y-D, it's, it's a totally normal question amongst uh, Australians. And actually, Dan probably needs to up his game a bit. Oh, Dan, you got a challenge there. Well, I do eat other cereal with it, though. It's not just like I'm just eating the Weedabix. <laughs> You're not a part-time, are you, mate? Uh, no, exactly. And, well, uh, and she said, oh, and thanks for getting your jingles stuck in my head again. Thank you so much, Bobby. That was really great to read. Can I just say, in my defence, the only thing I would say about wheat bix when I was in when I was down under, they are definitely smaller than wheat bix here. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. What you're trying to say is Australians, they kind of have uh, like it's it's a bit easier for them to eat that many. It's easier, yeah, because they're smaller. Interesting stuff. But yeah, um, if you want to send us an email, please email us at misspodcast at gmail That's m i f f s podcast at gmail.com and get in touch tell us about anything you want but right now we are going into a brand new sparkling myth hope you enjoy dan are you excited for a a a north myth because we haven't done one for a while we haven't done one for a while well we have because the last one we did one was also one but you just mean we haven't we haven't recorded one for a while Yes, that's, that's obviously what I meant. <laughs> but, uh, so what are we doing today? Uh, a Norse myth. We haven't done one in a while. Oh, you're such a prick. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad I <laughs> ate that other bat. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are doing Thor's fishing trip. And uh, have you heard about this myth before? Because you typed it all up. Uh, but did, did you know anything about it before today? No, I didn't before today. I didn't, as with 99.9% of all the myths we do. <laughs> I mean, Matt, some of them I don't even know after we've done them. <laughs> oh, talk about that. Since the lockdown and you've had a lot more free time, how have you done the Miss League table? Um, so this is forced fishing trip. So what this myth is, is it's about... Um... <laughs> Dan, I think there's a bit of... I think there's a bit of a lag there, Dan. I think there's a bit of a lag. And oh, uh, I think that so you, ask me? you didn't quite hear my question. Sorry, what yeah, was the question? Because uh, you're in lockdown, have you... The question was, Dan, uh, since we've been in lockdown, we've had a lot more free time, have you been able to complete the Miss League table? Yeah, I was just saying, this episode 102, it's going to be called Thor's Fishing Trip. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to read it or me or... <laughs> yeah, you take it away, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> God decided to hold a feast. And you laughing, you're fucking ruining it by laughing. Stop having fun. All right, I'll stop now. The gods decided to hold a feast, and they decided that Aegir, I'll say Aegir, god of the sea, would host it for them. But the gods' abrupt tone annoyed Aegir. He denied having a cauldron big enough to hold the ale necessary for the gods, and demanded that Thor bring him one. Fair. I mean, hey, you're going to drink a lot of ale, aren't you, if you're a god? I mean, that's a great start to... Um like a myth you know like straight uh, like the gods are very much like we're gonna hold a feast and that guy's gonna host it for us that's like an aggressive like uh come down <laughs> on me like just like you just turn up to the door we're having it at your house and i yeah. like it it's like, like God, i don't have it sorry go on. yeah he's like i don't have the facility to do a party like that i don't have the <laughs> i don't have like 
I don't have the required items and tools available to hold that. And they're like, well, not our problem. See you Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It's like saying to someone, hey, Matt, I'm coming around to your house for a barbecue tomorrow. And then you say, oh, Dan, I don't own a barbecue. And I say, well, <laughs> not my problem. See you tomorrow. Yeah. And you're and, like, oh, shit, I I'm going like to go it. and buy a barbecue. <laughs> and I kind of like it because AG is very much like, well, if you want one, I suppose, you know, you're going to have to uh get one yourself then he's a bit, bit passive aggressive as Aegir. i like him yeah i like though that the vikings clearly hold dinner parties like we do when someone's like oh yeah. would you like me to bring anything and you're like yeah bring whatever disgusting food you like so you can eat it <laughs> absolutely um i and imagine drinking a cauldron of ale though that's a good night out that is but it sounds like it's a big cauldron that's what he's after right he wants them he's like i haven't got enough like a reciprocal big enough to store all the ale the gods will drink because spoiler alert they probably drink quite a lot yes well let's let's see how many uh, how much ale uh, is big enough for them none of the gods possess such a large cauldron Tyr remembered that his father the giant Hymir had a cauldron that was a mile deep that's a big cauldron that is just for um Ooh, that's you know what I think I could smash that what a, a, a cauldron a mile deep and god knows how many miles yeah. across like god knows what the circumference of that thing is well it could be very narrow well the word cauldron to me kind of shows what the shape should look like otherwise they'd call it a yes for sure a funnel or something Tear, uh, the god oh, like of a, war. a test tube yeah is a Tyr, the god of war who is also the son of hymir tells thor that to take the cauldron from his father they must be cunning. Thor travels to Hymir disguised as a young boy under the guise of the name Vyur, as not to make the giant suspicious. He took Tyr with him as he was the giant's son and could help outwit the fierce giant. So Tyr is the god of war and he's half giant, or he is a giant, but he happens to live in Asgard, which is cool. Well, and Tyr was the guy that, was, was he the one who put his hand in Fenrir's mouth? Yes, I think he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's quite a nice god of war. He's like a he's a lovely god of war, with one hand. With one hand, um, yeah. But so basically, he's like, my dad owns a cauldron, and Thor's like, sweet, let's go. <laughs> and, and Thor's disguised like, like, as a boy, by the way. I don't know why that is. I assume that's because <laughs> the gods hate Thor, so that he doesn't want to piss him off. Uh, yes, uh, I, I think uh, I'm not quite sure what uh, how he can disguise himself. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, he has a big red beard in this as well. So I imagine he's just kind of like uh, wearing the you know that like. Uh, that, that hat with like the helicopter on the top and the rotor like which uh, american kids wear yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's got that a protruding belly and a massive hammer <laughs> it's like yeah and he's I'm like a i'm a kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, like in the in an episode 100 we had him dress up as a wife uh, as a bride and like, i don't think his acting skills are very good yeah like, that's true skills yeah, that's yeah that is famous your acting skills are legendary. The two gods travelled as yep. far east as they could go to the near end of earth and sky in heaven where Hymir's Hall sat on a hillside near the sea. Sounds very beautiful, doesn't it? Upon their arrival, mm. they are greeted by Tyr's mother and his 900-headed grandmother who tell them to hide in the cauldron <laughs> as Hymir does not take kindly to guess. We should probably backtrack. Um, yes, you're correct. That was a 900-headed... He has a 900-headed grandma. Imagine, right, imagine if you, if you were that 
woman and like you're nine you've got 900 heads and you give birth to your daughter who only has one head that's a weird <laughs> that's that's gonna be a bit of a like pardon the pun a head fuck right yeah and i, and I, I don't think we're gonna learn any more about his grandmother I think that's just it by the way we're just meant to accept that she has 900 heads and we're just gonna carry on blindly through the myth but like not going back on that but anyway that is so norse myth though to kind of like uh, go like uh, yeah, here's this 900-head woman, and nothing more shall be said about that ever for the entirety of this mythology series. Like, <laughs> yeah, just accept that's a thing. Um, so they've arrived. His mum and grandma are like, oh, hey, how you doing? Um, but also, he's going to be pissed off when he finds that when your dad gets oh. home and finds out you're here, so maybe you guys should hide. After knocking you, down you know all what of his... Sorry, go on. Go, go on, make a joke. <laughs> You know what your dad's like? He doesn't like guests. He gets into a murderous rampage. There we get him. There we get him. After knocking down all of his cauldrons, bar, bar the one Thor and Tyr are hiding in, Tyr's mother finally plucks up the courage to introduce Thor to Hymir as viewer, the enemy of Hymir's enemy. Okay, so they're like, hey, this little boy, he's not Thor, and also he hates the guy that you hate. Also, not going to say who that is because morph mythology. We don't want to do that. Can we? We got to talk about something here, though, because like Thor, he's disguising himself as a boy, but he's called Vior. That is so close to Thor. What? Why? You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? That's like if I was, uh, if I, if you try to like, uh, oh, I'm trying another analogy here. But if I tried to change my name to Matt, I would just Nat. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not a massive change. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. And also, surely Tyr's dad, Hymir, the giant, surely he knows that his son's job is to be the god of war in the Asgard. So he knows he's going to have, like, god friends. Dad, you're embarrassing me in front of my god friends. Yeah. Is he not concerned as to why his son is just rocked up with a boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, well, maybe, maybe, you know, Tyr, that's his vibe, you know? Well, they're saying that they've introduced Thor obviously as the boy Vor, but they've, they've said that, oh, this is the boy Vor, and he, don't worry, Dad, he's, his enemy is the same as your enemy. Why would the giant believe that a kid has enemies the same? Like, do you mean, he'd be like, why has he got an enemy? He's a kid. <laughs> yeah, imagine if you're like, at like a newborn hospital. It's like, oh, look at little Timmy. He's brand new. He's only, he's only two months old, and he has 10 deadly mortal enemies. <laughs> Exactly. This 10-year-old has got a mortal enemy and the giant's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Hymir begrudgingly accepts his son and his friend into the hall. He even slaughters three of his bulls for the boy's provision during their stay. He is, however, shocked when Vior devours two of the three slaughtered bulls in one sitting. The next morning, Hymir wow. said that if they were to eat again together, <laughs> they would need to eat and get more food. <laughs> Okay, that's hilarious. So he's like, hey, what do you boys want to yeah. eat? And Thor, obviously pretending he's a 10-year-old, is like, I'll get uh, three balls, please. And the giant's <laughs> like, all right. And then he's eating them all, and he's like, huh. Holy shit, uh, this is an expensive house guest. Uh, yeah, like they go to the McDonald's. Like, uh, can I have the whole restaurant, please? And <laughs> I count two full cows. <laughs> that's jokes. Uh, okay, so he's now like, okay, crap, if this little boy is going to stay here for the next few days, like, they're going to really, I'm going to need to go and get more food. I'll go fishing. Take it away, Matt. At dawn, the giant got up and prepared himself to go fishing. When Thor saw this, he quickly got out of his bed 
and asked the, the giant if he could come with him. Hymir said, uh, shall I do the voice or would you like to go do on, the voice? Go then? on, do the voice, go on, you do it. Hymir said, what help can I expect from you? You are so young and so small. You will probably freeze to death because I will row very far out onto the sea. Thor replied. What, what voice do we do for Thor? Um, maybe since maybe it's Vior and he's a little boy. Maybe oh, that's true. Like, yeah, okay. I need to say that he's in disguise. <laughs> yeah, okay, but, okay. But, but do it as like a grown man trying to imitate a young child. <laughs> okay, okay. Double-layered. <laughs> okay, Thor replied. I will not stop you from running <laughs> out to the sea, and it might as well be you who will freeze first, mister. <laughs> you sound like a Victorian servant. Oh, go blimey, mister. I think mean, that's how Thor would think a kid. Like, how many kids does Thor hang out with? He probably doesn't even know what they sound like. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> so um, Thor uh, is kind of set a bit of a challenge, and Hymir accepts telling Thor to collect Bior to collect some bait from his pasture. Thor went and caught the biggest ox he could and ripped off its head and took it with him down to the boat. I love it how he just like, yeah, we've got this cow here. How are we going to kill it? Kill it humanely? No, nah, just rip off its head. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's an ox as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It just kind of like twists its head like a Pez machine. Hymir is dismayed when Thor comes back with the head of his best ox, Himrenrot, the Heaven Bellower. Now, that's a cool name. Um, but, right, so both of these people are bad, both house hosts and also house guests, because Hymir tried to kill him, uh, but then he offered him food. But then Thor was eating him out of a house and hold and killed his best ox. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, both of them are quite rude people. Yeah, also, that's horrific. Just for clarity, <laughs> th- here's an analogy. That's like me going to your house and me, you saying, hey, Dan, what do you want for dinner? And I say, oh, I'll go cook something up. And you say, yeah, cool, no worries. And then you come back to find that I've killed your cat. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. And then you'd be like, what are you doing? That's my cat. And I'd be like, oh, you didn't say I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, well, obviously I'm going to do it. And it's really strong. Also, is the, also, has the giant not questioned why... A young boy has just ripped the head off an ox. <laughs> it's like a ten-year-old just going. That was my biggest ox. Oh, it's called the Heaven Bellower. Yeah, just ripped it with my ten-year-old muscles. <laughs> <laughs> just grabbed it by the neck. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of discrepancies going on here. Um, anyway, um, Hymir and the nuisance Vio launched the boat. After some time, Hymir took over the oars and Thor urged him to row further out into the sea. After a while, the giant said, Okay, boy, we are at my spot now. This is where I always fish. Thor replied, Let's go further out. There are bigger fish out there, Mr. Giant. <laughs> Mr. Giant. That's, that's my... Uh, that's my BDSM name. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thor got up and sat down towards the stern, taking, uh, taking the two oars from the giant and beginning to row. So again, he's not really hiding his anonymity here. It's like very much just, why is this 10-year-old t- t- uh, like, uh, swimming out to sea with this big old uh, giant on? Yeah, exactly. Fifteen minutes later, the giant said, I think we should stop here. 
We are already far. We are already very far out, and it's dangerous to go further out to sea. Thor did not listen to the giant and kept rowing the boat further out to sea, which made the giant clearly worried and unhappy. The giant and the god rowed out to sea in Hymir's boat. Thor kept urging Hymir to row further and further from shore, but Hymir was fearful of Jormungand, the Midgard serpent who lurked below the deepest part of the ocean. Hymir rowed to row one stroke until finally Thor gave in. He pulled up his oars and began to prepare his line. He baited the hook with the ox head and threw it <laughs> overboard, where it sank to the bottom. So, like, imagine, like, like Jaime just put a worm on the end of his hook and, and Thor just put a, put a bull's head on. <laughs> also, he's got no respect for the fact that that's clearly that guy's prized, like, <laughs> yeah. animal. Yeah, and he's just been sat there for about three hours in this belt. That's <laughs> Um... um He's so uncouth, Thor. He's he's hilariously bad at like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, we have just heard the name of Jormungand and the Midgard serpent. Dan, can you tell us more about Jormungand? What do you remember? Jormungand is Thor's arch enemy, and they fight in, or they will eventually fight in Ragnarok. They can he's like a giant, a giant world serpent. He like encircles the whole world, and he's like monstrously big and lives in the seas. Well, he, he, he uh, encircles the whole of Earth, uh, which is Midgard, not the entirety of the Yggdrasil. Um, very different. Uh, but, uh, also, but also, um, at this point in uh, North mythology, um, the only time that we've seen Jormungand before, do you remember that? Well, there's one other time, and they haven't fought yet. This is, uh, but like, uh, w- when else has uh, Thor encountered Jormungand? Do you remember it? No, I don't. It was at the Utgard challenge, uh, Utgard challenge uh, which uh, he tried to pick up a cat from the floor, but it was actually the world, world serpent. Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, But um, like that, that's where Thor's first hatred at Jormungandr comes, because he bested him in that. Yes, that's it. I remember. And also because he's a, he, Thor likes a challenge, doesn't he? And a giant, well, like, earth-eat-devouring serpent is pretty cool. Absolutely. Um all right, so... Okay, so he's throwing an ox head over. He's like, they're sitting there fishing, finally. They've, they've gone really far further out than um, Jaime wanted. Jaime, fishing, quickly pulled up two whales. Their fight, churning, <laughs> churning the water into a whirlpool. All right, he's good at, he's good at fishing. They've only yes. been there a couple of minutes, and he's already pulled up two whales. Also, how big is the boat for him to catch a two really, whales? It's, it's obviously very big. <laughs> 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 they sat at opposite ends of the boat. It's like, you okay? It's like, can you row faster? What? What? Like, just awkward. <laughs> a few hours went by until something had taken the... It was the Midgard serpent. It had opened its mouth, swallowed the ox head. The hook had dug itself into the gums of its mouth and the serpent moved back and forth in pain. Oh. Thor did not hesitate and began to pull up the line. The lashed the sea into a frenzy, but Thor did not grip. His feet so strongly against the bottom of the boat that they broke through, and Thor stood seabed. All right, his disguise is gone. Yes. I mean, he was a child, and now he's broken out of his disguise and is now, the, a, now a god standing on the bottom of the sea fighting the world serpent. I'm pretty sure his disguise is up. Well, he hasn't even tried to hide at any point, by the way. He never no, tries. No, more so now. I yeah. Mean, do you know what I mean? Like, 
he like, but at no point has he ever thought to have any restraint. He's like, nope, let's just do it now. <laughs> so he's fighting the serpent so much that now there's like massive waves, basically, right? The sea is like all there's- churning. Thor slowly begun to pull it upwards to a boat when the head of the Midgar serpent Jormungand emerged from the surface of the water. It was the most terrifying sight anyone had ever seen. Thor looked right in its eyes and it stared straight back at him. He pulled Jormungand up to the keel and then over to the gunwale. The serpent twisted and tugged and roared and spat poison. Hold on. Uh, can I... What's what's a gunwale, and is that something that Hymir caught, like a whale with guns attached to it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's either a whale with gun, like with an AK, <laughs> or I think a gunwale is like a, like the bit, isn't it? All the big bit, like the front of the boat, like where yes, they like, is, like yeah. dragged it over the the front of the boat. Uh, well, that's a great naval knowledge. Well done, Dan. Um, at this point, the giant Hymir had crawled up into the corner of the boat. He had turned completely pale and was shaking in fear. Just at, this mo- uh, just at this moment, Thor grabbed his hammer and raised it into the air, ready to kill the Midgard serpent. Hymir, who still had the bait knife in his hand, quickly cut Thor's line, and the serpent sank back into the sea. Thor, oh. angered by the giant's cowardice at the moment he was about to dispatch the serpent, and also his arch-nemesis, struck Hymir with a blow by Molnir, his hammer, knocking Hymir out of the boat briefly. Okay, a lot to take in there. Okay, yeah. Um, so, firstly, something we didn't acknowledge earlier, which I did want to put. Um, when he threw the ox head overboard, and it's, it, like, his line was so long that it sank, it, his line sank to the bottom of the ocean. That's ridiculous, by the way. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, but yeah, and, but a lot of action there, and Thor almost had his revenge, but didn't quite, and he knocked out Hymir. But the thing is, because he's a giant, he just kind of, it was like very shallow water for him. <laughs> he stood back up and got in the boat. Yeah, it's like just, oh, my ankles are wet. Um, it's like a puddle for him. Um, yeah, he's not, he's okay. He's just a bit dazed. I mean, he's just been punched by Thor. I mean, it's probably going to hurt. Is uh, anything else to add, or should I continue? Basically, he's, he's, it sounds pretty crazy. There must have been like a few moments, like a few minutes of just craziness as he's like fighting the serpent. It was probably over quite quickly. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> also, can I just say, it was spitting poison as, as yes. Thor stared into its eyes. That's, that's badass. Yeah, that's some ultra WT, uh, WTF points right there. Yeah, like you're staring into this demon's eyes as it's spitting pill poison at you. And Thor's like, yeah, come on then. Like, he's, he's enjoying it. Yeah, and you know what? I kind of like, Thor is a massive badass, isn't he? Now, I think it's, uh, he's pretty, um, like, you know, I, I, he's a knob, but he's a pretty cool one. When the time comes, he does get some excellent moments. He does, he does. But I kind of feel for Jormungandr, actually, so I'm kind of glad he survived. Yeah, he'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Come crawling on back. Together, the two returned to shore. Hymir asked Thor whether he uh, would carry the two whales to the hall or simply drag the boat up past the high tide line. In reply, Thor dragged the boat, the two whales, and Hymir himself back to the hall. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's like he's like roided up now. Thor. Yeah. He's like he's got adrenaline. He's ready. Also, I like it how Hymir is like right. I need to go fishing to go and get food for you. Uh, and he like 
Jaime got two whales and Paul got nothing as well. Like he he very much is leeching off everyone else right here. Anyway, yeah. now back in his great hall, Jaime is intimidated by Thor's strength and fearlessness in his near capture of Jormungand. Rather unwisely, Jaime challenges Thor with another task to smash his unbreakable glass goblet. So uh, that's a pretty, that's, that's a good challenge right there. Uh, uh, so he's trying to set this challenge for Thor. Uh, Dan, how would you break an unbreakable glass goblet? Well, it's unbreakable, so I probably couldn't. But I would probably, I feel like I would throw it or just kind of, I would wash it, I would wash it up, okay, in the sink. And I would go <laughs> to put it on, I would go to put it on the draining board but purposely not put it on there properly so it slides off and falls onto the kitchen tiles because, as we all know, that will shatter anything into a million pieces. Absolutely. Uh, or get your, or yeah, leave it out for your flatmate and they'll steal it and have it in their room for the next two years. Um, that's a uni life for me. Um, yeah, so let's, let's see if Thor can smash it as well. Thor threw the goblet at Stone Pillar, but it was the pillar that broke into bits. I love how elegant Thor is as well. Just very much going, all right, like instantly just throwing it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like he hasn't even thought about how he's going to, oh, how will I break this? He just picked it up at the dinner table and just threw it like down the <laughs> corridor. And it breaks the structure. It's like, that was a low bearing wall, mate. No. <laughs> he just put a hole through this guy's house. And he just smacked him in the face as well already. Like I love the idea, right? That he throws it, it breaks the pillar, and half of his house collapses. And then there's a pause, and then Heine's like, "I meant outside, but okay." Like, <laughs> yeah. This is the last time. I was you're thinking we would guess. do this in the garden, but fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Heine's wife whispered to Thor that he should throw the goblet at Heine's head, which is solid as a rock. <laughs> so, like. Oh my god, this is great because Heimir's wife has had enough of this bullshit and it's like, right, I hate Heimir, I want to get divorced, but it's too expensive. Right, Thor, you're the strongest god there is, throw this unbreakable goblet against his head. That's <laughs> <Like>, murder. <laughs> Can I just say, he's already smashed his hammer into the, this guy's head, like he's already knocked <laughs> him out. <laughs> yeah, that's really like, there's a like, lot literally of. Uh... Moments ago, he knocked him out. Like. <laughs> That doesn't stand, does it? Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Uh, so, so Thor did this instantly, and it smashed the goblet against his head. Which, uh, so, nice. uh, which, but let's see what happens to Heimir. This is tell you what, Dan. I'm loving this myth. It's so it it's so many twists and turns that you didn't expect. It's great. Um, Heimir sadly recognised defeat, and his strength ebbed away from him because he has a concussion apparently <laughs> oh i wonder if that would happen i wonder if a god beating you up twice in the head in, in the space of a 12-hour period wouldn't give you concussion yes i'm pretty sure it would he's had a bad day in the office yeah god and like, he's only trying to be, like he's trying to be relatively nice towards him as well um he gave the cauldron to tear and thor tear was unable to lift it but thor was able to hoist the cauldron to his shoulder and they walked away Thor turned for one last look at the giant's hole and saw a throng of many-headed giants had congregated and were coming after the gods for revenge. 
forced one Mjolnir again and again, killing all the giants. Um, so there's more many-headed giants there, uh, but they were like, hey, you're just all like cauldron. And he's like, uh, well, you're going to die as well. Uh, so Thor's committed a genocide, and we're supposed to be okay with that. Yeah, well, he hasn't committed a genocide. and He's not killed all the giants. He's just killed like quite a few in his village. That's fine, yeah. That's definitely fine. <laughs> After that, Thor and Tyr returned home to Asgard, acclaimed by the gods. That winter, and every winter since, the gods enjoy ale brewed in the sea giant's cauldron. And that is uh, today's myth. Yeah. All right, let's go and rank this. Hey there, my name is Matt Huss, and in this link, I have an American accent, and I advocate the safe use of myths podcasts in small doses. Dan, now that was a treat that kept on giving. Uh, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy that. That was good fun. Uh, so, um, we always rank this in four categories, which are? Life skills, morals, creativity, WTF. And let's start with life skills, as ever. And these are the practical things that we learn. So, Dan... I thought this is going to be a high score, I just FYI. Um, life skills, I think we learn a lot, you know? Well, let's, let's talk through it. We learn how to brew, uh, brew, me, uh, brew, brew ale. But we learn how to brew ale. We learn how to disguise ourselves as a young boy. Albeit, albeit poorly. I mean, the acting skills weren't <laughs> up to scratch, but the disguise was good at least. Um, um, also, sorry, go on. Um, we learn how to hide in a cauldron. We learn yes. how to fish. We learn how to fight. Oh, we also learn how, we learn to, how to cut to rope. Fight. We learn how to cut rope. We learn how to carry a boat. We learn how to smash an unbreakable goblet. We learn how to knock out a giant. We learn how to rip an ox's head off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and we also learn um, how to kill a lot of. Yeah, we also learn how to like ignore an awkward fact. Like you see a grandma with nine hundred heads, ignore it. Ignore it. Yeah, that's also um, moral, I guess. But you know what? I'm gonna out smashing a goblet and smashing a low bearing wall. Yeah, we learn how to row out to sea. That was a big one. Like they rowed a long way. Dan, I'm gonna say ten. Well, I'm not sure if it's a ten though. I don't know. It's, uh, what, what more do you want? We learned DIY. We learned how to fish. We did everything. I suppose we did learn how to fight. We learned how to fish. We learned how to like throw stuff. And, and it's varied in lots of different how characters to cook, as well. How to cook. I mean, he slaughtered Dan Cook's five balls. Uh, they had a banquet with the balls, didn't they? Mm. Exactly. We learned how to eat lots of balls. Okay, yeah, I'll give you ten. Get in. Da, 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 Morals. What moral things do we learn? Right. Because I think we discussed it a bit earlier. We learned a bit like the, we learned how not to be a, a good guest to begin with. But then Jaime actually did become quite a good guest. He came accommodating. He, uh, he kind of forgave his guests when he was a bit of a knob. We also learned how to be a bad house guest as well. Like this is a major thing because Thor ended up like being victimized to begin with. But then Thor was really, really bad on all accounts as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And what happened to Tia during this episode as well? Did he just put his feet up and just hang out with his mum? I think he was just hanging out with his mum and grandma. Like, he probably doesn't get to go home very often. So he was probably just, like, having a quick... It's like a weekend at home for him, isn't it? Just, like, catch up with family. <laughs> and his dad's just been beaten up by, uh, <laughs> by his friend, a, a portly boy. Colleague. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. would be embarrassing if you were Tia, by the way, because by all the... Essentially what's happened in layman's terms is he has brought a colleague from work Right, they're gods in Asgard. That's their job. 
he's brought a work colleague slash friend to his his childhood home to see his parents mm-hmm. to ask for a family heirloom i.e the cauldron and what's happened is his friend and colleague has just been the worst house ever and they've had to leave that would be all yeah it's um you know what i think about uh, it is very awkward and like uh, and yeah i think they're gonna be like son do you want to be hanging out with that guy he's, he's no good uh, yeah definitely. yeah that's like inviting someone like oh mum, dad do you want to be my new friend and then the friend comes around for dinner and is like horrifically racist or something and they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, just well, like clan, clan hood as well <laughs> yeah and he smashes all your stuff and then you're like, oh, this was a bad friend to bring. I, I read, mum, he's not normally like this when he's at work. I promise. I didn't know he was like this outside of it. Well, he obviously is, though. Thor is always like this. He's such always a one-dimensional like Yeah, he definitely knew. <laughs> um, so, but, so Thor is really bad in this. He kills lots. He... Uh, he kind of goes after Jormungand for no reason. He he eats him out of house and home. He steals. He kills giants. I, I think he's a bad apple. And there in tow is a high moral mark, right? That's because he's not... He's been bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, he threw a goblet at the host's head. I mean, that is a bad... Also, bad. that is a moral, which is that Jaime is being kind of humbled a little bit because he sounds by all accounts to be a bit of a dick and Thor's actually gone in there and proved to him that actually he's not the biggest baddest thing around yeah um, like Jaime yeah obviously carries himself as being a bit of like this is my you know I'm the biggest baddest giant around here and he's obviously a bit rude to strangers and he's probably like sound, by the sounds of his probably a bit of a dick um and fancies himself a bit as like the best fisherman strongest all that kind of stuff and Thor's gone in there in the course of like literally like a day or like a weekend and just <laughs> You know, I think he's. I think he's quite. Um, he's a different person. Yes, time, absolutely. Isn't he? He's like. Yeah. I've... <laughs> well, he's a different person because his uh, cortex has been destroyed. Like his frontal lobes are all hanging out. That's why. <laughs> yeah. But also, <laughs> he was. But he was humbled when Thor was fighting. Like when Jormungandr and him were fighting, and they were like, like he was, like he froze because he was like, oh my god, maybe this is a bit out of my depth. Yeah. Um. So what? What do you think? Score-wise, because I think it's a. To us, it sounds like it's going to be a high morals. I'm thinking like an eight. I don't know why it would be. I, the only reason it's not a ten or anything is because I thought like there wasn't a huge like. I know I just said that you've got Jaime kind of had a story arc where he went from being a dick to being humbled, but no one else really. I thought just went from being a dick to being a dick. Like no one's really learned a huge lesson. Yes, but let's say eight because I think eight's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, not maybe nine, because I think in terms of morals, I think maybe nine it could be decent. I still think eight. Okay, eight, eight, eight. I, also, because there wasn't like it was only like the characters that had other moral journeys. You know, sometimes you have different kinds of like things going on. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's look at creativity, and I think okay. this is smashing out of the park. There's so much going on here. There's uh, there's twists and turns at every right uh, bit. The fact that Jaime's wife uh, uh, knows that he's got his, uh, everything is so questionable. There's so much going on, but it only happens for a second. Nine hundred and uh, nine hundred grandma. The fact that Jaime's head is solid as rock, and he has a stone goblet that's not smashable, and his wife yeah, tells him to like smash you it say, to his head. All these- that's one paragraph. Yeah, and they like they never go back to this as well. We never why his head is as strong as rock or why there's a nine-headed grand heart. It just is. That's just what it is. And the ox, they didn't have to write in that not only was his... I mean, 
that's really creative. Like, not only has he gone and killed an ox, but it happens to be his favorite ox. And not only is it his favorite ox, he's also got a really sick name. Yes, absolutely. The Heaven Bellower. The Heaven Bellower. And Thor ripped its head off. Like, that, even things like that. Like, he didn't use his hammer or anything. And the whole time he's described as a, he's, he's like a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's so many layers here. I honestly think this, uh, yeah, that, this is a deep, uh, it's a rich myth, if you know what I mean. There's a lot going yeah. on. We get we got massive monsters. We got gods being dicks. We got giants as well. Uh, we also have uh, more nuanced characters like Tia, just kind of taking a bit on the back burner as well. And Aegir as well. The fact that Aegir is like, um, I guess we're gonna do it in your house now. And also he's like, well, go and get me a cauldron, and I guess I'll do it, which is a bit of an impossible task. I think there's lots. Do you know what? Actually, I am willing to up going back to up. To a nine purely because of that thing I just just mentioned, which is the morals of and the fact that they've just he's hosting a party. Get in. That's a good one though, right? There we go. Yes. I you know what for creativity and I I'm not doing this because of the high score already, but I think ten. I don't know what more you can want out of this myth. So at the end is the icing on the cake when he kills all yeah. those giants. Yeah, it's and it's it kind of like very funny it is when he's like, "Oh, break this goblet!" and falls like, "Cool!" picks it up and throws it. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? This is my house." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean like... right this second to try and. I meant like you know, with, like with the. I didn't mean to throw it down my corridor. Yeah, that, Jesus Christ! <laughs> he is the worst guest possible. And yeah. the funny thing is, and the best thing about this. Thor's going to act exactly this way at Aegir's party, and that's why he didn't want him to be there. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, but creativity, there's a good narrative. There's a quite a bit going on. Like you say, there's lots of unwarranted expedition, exposition, which is actually quite funny in myths, because you're like, cool, she's got... Why wouldn't she? Uh, I'm saying 10. Doing it. All right, let's do it. I agree. I did really enjoy this myth. It had a lot. And finally... And the added creative caveat, which is that Thor came so close to killing his arch nemesis and didn't. Still yes. hasn't got it. Um, so we kind of covered this already, but let's talk about WTF because there's a lot going on here as well. Firstly, killing a lot of giants. The fact that he smacked Harry in the head with Mjolnir and that did nothing, but he threw a goblet at his head and knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> and well, we, well throwing, say, throwing the hammer at his head did do something. It knocked him out of the boat. He's briefly unconscious. Yes. yes, but I mean, like, the fact that Mjolnir, the, the strongest weapon ever, did, was, wasn't as strong as, as a goblet to his head. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but, the, but what I like here is both we get, we get WTF in the sense of genuine gore and kind of uh, violence, but we also get WTF in terms of societal and kind of etiquette rudeness as well, like WTF in that sense as well. So there's two layers of WTF. Yeah, because you've got like not to be a dick, like, and you've also got a good narrative. Like, there was a storyline, it was believable. I was, I was, I was quite. I was envisioning it quite easy. I was following it quite easily. Like you could imagine all this happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and I think there's blood, there's gore, uh, there's a big old fight, there's poison. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, also just raging personalities as well. I'm going to say a nine. Yeah, I think an eight or a nine. Nine, 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 nine. Why? I, I, I'm just a bit worried we're doing this just because we want it to be a really high score, though. But does it need? 
how many moments were that the it was very creative and it was very like but how much WTF was it? Like, right. you know I mean, because a lot right. of it felt within right, right, the realms right. of normal. Right. Now, hold on. Mile long cauldron. We've got nine hand, nine handed grandma. Thor acting as a boy. We're not really doing it very well. We've got. Uh, we have um, uh, the fact that Jaime tries to kill him straight away. The fact that Thor tries to challenge him out to the sea. Uh, the, the, I, I don't know. I just think that there's a uh, there's a lot of massive moments. That very theatrical. No, you are moments. right. And like he pulled two whales up, that was weird. Also, the fact that he's got like, and also there's a massive hook in uh, in Yomungan's mouth as well. There's a mass, uh, and the like, it's it was really do or die, you know, and it's, it's a big moment. Okay, nine. Nine. Here we go. We don't need to add that up. So that is thirty-eight. Bitch, bash, bosh. That is crazy score. That's our highest ever one, Dan. That is our highest ever one. Hey, hey, hey. That was nice. Good stuff. That was a very good myth. I thoroughly enjoyed that too. Uh, yeah, it was nice to. It was a nice little break, wasn't it, from lockdown and all the sadness that's happened. Uh, but yes, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it, Dan, and I hope you, listener, enjoyed it as well. Uh, we're going to be doing quite a few of these lockdown episodes, so if we might be doing a couple of live things and special bonus stuff, so might you like our page, The Misfits and Miss Podcasts on Facebook, and follow us at Miss Podcasts on Twitter. That, basically, Matt said. And where can people, uh, what, should, what else should people do, Dan? Give us five stars on iTunes. Yes, and please share with or friends. Or whatever platform they're on. That sounds good. Um, Dan, uh, we'll be doing this again soon, but um, I hope you... Uh, what are you going to be doing tonight? Are you going to any major plans? Are you going to have a party in, indoors? I think I'm actually... Um, yes, I'm doing... Um, I think I'm Skyping or like FaceTiming um, some colleagues that I haven't seen since we've all been working from home, which would be nice. Well, that sounds good. Um, but, and, uh, yeah, and, well, let's get going. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been Matt Hoss. And I've been Dan Rhodes. And we've been Miss. I tried to get us to sync at the same time. We didn't plan it, and I thought it would be quite nice sync at the end. We didn't do it. Well, I was like, Woo. I, I was hoping you would say Miss at the same time. Should mm. we try again? And we've been Miss. We did rehearse that one. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll see you soon. Bye. Miss. Miss. Just want to pause there for a second. My cat's back. I'm just going to deal with her again. Come up. Yeah. All right, you. No, 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 no. You've had the cat. I love that. Matt's cat is oh, always interrupting our podcast, even when I'm not even in the same room. This happens whenever we film at his house. It's always this stupid cat wanders in. He's going to be ages. He's probably making out with it. He does a lot of weird shit with that cat.